Well, welcome back to the In The Know On The Go podcast. Today, I'm joined by Julia Horsler. She's a grower director of Grain Growers and has been for, geez, what, the last six years or so, Julia, you've been on the board? Yes, I have. Been to my seventh. Gosh, seen a little bit. I'm just looking at the notes. Refresh strategy, investment portfolio growth, um, seeing opportunities for Aussie grain growers, both here in Australia, but internationally as well. It's been quite a few years for you. Absolutely. And you can throw sustainability, which is a good new focus for us, profitability and sustainability into that mix. And just generally thinking of putting the grower first for everything that we do. And so for you, like your background, obviously you're sitting as a director with grain growers. What else do you do day to day? So I am a grain farmer myself. I've been in the grain business for 23 years with my husband, Tim, in Warrantnerville, Northwest Victoria. We've just finished putting out crop in, which is a nice feeling. So this year we're putting in wheat, lentils, canola, barley, and some vetch hay. I was holding my breath there for a second there, Julie, because I was thinking she's surely not going to say she's just finished harvest. Uh, here we are in May. Some people last year might have been looking down the barrel of that, but uh, slightly different this year. Uh, we have actually harvested in March before, though, after the 2011 floods. Yeah, well, oh, we'll leave those days behind us. Now, you and the Grain Growers crew recently headed over to Vietnam for, it was the Australian Grain Industry Conference event, but then also quite a whirlwind tour. How long were you over in Vietnam for, and I guess what was the purpose behind the trip? So uh, five growers and two policy staff from Grain Growers went to Vietnam for five days, and part of that was the uh, Australian Grains Industry uh, Conference that was held there. Um, but the, the rest of that, we we toured around and, and visited um, customers and suppliers and processors as as growers and policy staff to uh, get a first-hand under, uh, feel of what, what the market's like for Vietnam. They're a very important market for Australia. And in fact, this, um, this year is 50 years of diplomatic relations. So there were lots of celebrations going on. Yeah, there you go. So like what came out of it, I guess, for you, the, the purpose going in? What were you guys hoping to achieve and how was that formed up during your time? As growers, we don't always get that opportunity to meet the customers or the processors or the consumers as well um, in, in foreign markets because we're that one step removed in, in the supply chain. So to go into market and particularly attend something like the Australian Grains Conference, you get to meet those people firsthand and they love talking to growers. They think that's really exciting when they get to see and meet growers who are, you know, the start of the value chain, I suppose, and um, learn a bit more about where their product comes from. I was going to say for you as a grower, like what's the benefit in getting that exposure to customers in export markets as well? Well, we get to hear firsthand what they like about our product and, and what they want more of and what opportunities might exist um, for us. But also with the touring around and, and just getting a feel and a look for the uh, countryside as well. I mean, we only went around Ho Chi Minh City. We didn't venture very far. But you get a sense of what the, the economy looks like and and what the day-to-day looks like and, and where there might be other opportunities to push into. So what does it look like? I guess the, the demographics, um, social side of Vietnam as a country, is it growing, ageing? What does it look like? Well, it seems to be in rapid growth, actually. Like, as I said, we were only around Ho Chi Minh City, but there was enormous amount of um construction going on. There was a um, large population moving around. I mean, uh, Vietnam has 90 million people, so it's quite large compared to Australia. But to we, um, you know, we saw we saw a lot of uh, the city life in Ho Chi Minh City of the morning commute, the afternoon commute was a wall of motorbikes coming at you to cross the road was 
quite a leap of faith. It was, <laughs> it um, it really uh, took a lot of courage. We had a a foot tour guide who took us around some fresh markets, and uh, when we'd get to a crossing, he'd just go sticky sticky for us all to get together so that we wouldn't uh, lose anyone as we tried to cross the road. It's quite quite an adventure. It's quite an aside as well here, but it's literally, don't you just start walking across the road and the scooters and everything just go around you? Yes, absolutely. My theory was if you stayed in the middle, they'd hit someone else first. So, <laughs> but it was just, uh, yeah, there's not many uh, proper crossings, as you would say, in Australia. So, yeah, it was definitely a leap of faith to cross the road. But good to see young Lots of young people and, and a really vibrant economy. And uh, here's a nice fun fact for you, Ollie. 91% of all alcohol consumed is beer. There you go. Well, that probably helps to answer my next question. I was going to say, no lollipop ladies in Vietnam. But um, for the like, Vietnam is consistently a top five export destination for especially Aussie wheat and barley. So you've mentioned, was it 91.5? Four percent beer. Yeah, ninety-one percent of all alcohol consumed is beer in Vietnam, and growing. Their beer consumption is still growing, so that is great news for malt barley farmers in Australia. Yes. Yeah. So, what what quality and what types of, I guess, what grains are they chasing over there? Well, they do take quite a bit of malt barley from Australia. They take all of our milling grades of wheat, um, APH, AH, APW, and ASW for noodle. Biscuit um, and uh, the all-important French baguette to make banh mi, um, a street delicacy that's everywhere in Vietnam. Uh, and then there's a growing uh, uh, supply opportunity for some feed, wheat and feed barley into um, animal rations. So, yeah, quite quite all grades pretty much of wheat and barley. Yeah, I was going to say, so there's the consumer side chasing the malt, um, but also more broadly across the country, animal agriculture, looking at Aussie grains as well. Like, is that what's happening across the, I guess, their broader agriculture industry? Well, yeah, I mentioned before that 90 million population. Well, at the moment, they say about 10 million are what they consider middle class, but that's that's expanding um, to 30 million by 2030. So that's a big opportunity for um, changing consumer habits. And the, the two big consumer habits I think will change the most is uh, demand for baked goods, which is good news for wheat, but also a uh, good... Um, a demand increase for animal protein. So uh, they'll produce it themselves in Vietnam, the actual uh, animal protein, but there's good opportunities there for Australian feed grains to go into that market. And there's been quite a lot of in-market studies done about uh, the benefits of putting feed grains into into animal livestock production. It's, it's good news, I've got to say, Ollie. There's some evidence that it'll lower greenhouse gas emissions because you get better efficiency of the feed conversion when you give it to an animal and that leads to better gut health for the animal and then a great better growth rates so all of that means you know more meat more eggs more milk um, yield per animal so it's good news we've just got to work on the market education piece to change the the habits of the um the feed ration being uh, their local corn production and imported soy yeah okay so there's a few i guess knowledge pieces in there around the education and um, upskilling them. And that's where the whole of the supply chain is important. So it, it's growers can go into the market and learn these things, but it, you know, need to have the buyers on board and and um, the exporters to also understand where that value piece is and where it fits. And so who else is grain growers working with to deliver on that for, I guess, right back to growers, but it, as you say, it's kind of a whole supply chain piece. 
Well, that's right. So the eight, the Australian Grains Industry Conference that we attended was hosted by Grain Trade Australia. So that was exporters and um, and other buyers and bulk handlers from Australia. There's also uh, representation from AGIC, which is Australian Export Grains Innovation Centre. They're doing a lot of that in-market education piece, which is which is really critical to finding those opportunities, but also not getting complacent about the markets that we already have. Oh, in terms of complacency, so I think there's some really key drivers that you're saying. Um, growing demand for grains, for animals, for human consumption with that growing middle class, but also um, increasing competitiveness, the uh, the Trans-Pacific Partnership is going to challenge, I guess, Australian grain growers. Is that something, yeah, like are we going to see demand outstrip kind of the supply that's going to come in from these other markets? It will It will challenge us because we've given away a bit of our competitive advantage by joining the, um, the TPP with uh, other countries around the Pacific. But there's, I think there's sort of three ways to think about how we can remain competitive. Um, there's big, big international um, scale actions such as the Australian Vietnam Enhanced Economic Engagement Strategy that we signed in 2021. Um, and that the idea of that is that Vietnam and Australia will be each other's top 10 trading partners and, a, and double their two-way investment. So that's a big international focus. Then there's the national focus of things that Australia needs to work on and, and that's to lower and improve our domestic supply chain costs. They are a killer. At the moment, going into international markets, and we really need to have a better focus on how we efficiently get grain from farm to port to customer. And then the third thing is, uh, and and this is this is a really great reason why growers go into market and learn things because there are actually things on farm that we can do to remain competitive. Time and time again, the customers said they like Australia's wheat and barley because it's clean, it's dry, it's white, it's sound with a high falling number and it's food safe. So when it arrives on a on a ship, it's ready to go. They don't have to grade it or clean it or do any extra costs. It's it arrives ready for processing and that's really important to them. So that's a that's a competitive angle that's outside of price uh, that we can maintain. But you know, growers and I probably you might get some backlash on your podcast for me mentioning falling numbers, but it is a bit of a um, a dreaded thing for growers when the falling number machine comes out at harvest time. To measure quality but when you go into market you see just how important that consistency of a sample or consistency of a bulk cargo vessel is to the customer to make sure that when they process or mill it it performs exactly as they want it to perform it's not mixed quality or mixed um or variable in its outcome yeah well might be some backlash but i think it's just just honesty isn't it really if you if you're not serving your customers you they'll go and find somewhere else it, it you know, it's a big conversation, and that's for another day. I'd say the following numbers, but there, there is a at the moment, it is the recognised measure in the marketplace, and so that's what we have to use. Well, keep your eyes peeled for it, version two. Just one other question um, on this: so, if growers are looking to find out more about how they maybe can get involved in some um, in market experiences or just more information, where should they head to? Uh, well, AGIC, in fact, have some great um, podcasts and webinars and even fact sheets on their um, website that um, growers can access to read about um, a lot of Southeast Asian markets, actually, in India with pulses. So um, they're, they're leading the way with that um, market opportunity. They can also contact grain growers, um, talk to any of us on our delegation who went on the delegation as well. Um and uh, yeah, and the trade as well. It's really important that the trade and growers have a, a good working relationship to understand what growers deliver meets what the, the trade need. 
Well, Julia, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us a little bit about the grain growers trip to Vietnam and looking forward to coming back to chat all things falling numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the In The Know, On The Go podcast. As always, we'd love for you to share this episode with someone you know. In The Know, On The Go is designed to get the Aussie agribusiness sector up to speed on the things that matter in ways which are just bloody well easy to understand. So I hope you enjoyed this episode on the opportunities in Vietnam with Julia Hausler from Grain Growers. <laughs>